Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Uh, I was just telling our congregation, for those of you that are online, that uh, while we were worshiping with this song, I will build my life upon your love. It's a firm foundation, you know, and I will put my trust in you. You know, uh, often we don't know what to trust because there's so many voices, so many opinions, and so many people that are speaking with such conviction that at times it's very hard to know what to trust. But if we would take time in our lives to share the truth that God has shown us, we would just take a little time to share it with others, uh, I believe that we could actually get the Great Commission knocked out in a hurry. If you just take some, you know, just, just try it once this week. Let me encourage everyone, if just, just one time in the next seven days, just try sharing your faith with someone. Tell them what you believe. Uh, most likely, the people that you talk with on a daily basis, they're not afraid, they're not shy about telling you what they believe. Don't be shy about telling them what you believe. Okay? If you've listened to them, if you've listened to them share what they believe for a little bit, in fact, you might even ask them, well, tell me what you believe. You know, what, 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 what do you believe? Have you ever considered what's going to happen whenever you leave this earth? Listen to them, okay? And then say, well, you know, hey, that's, that's interesting. Let me tell you what I believe. You know, and, and if you will take time to listen to them, no doubt they will also return the favor and take time to listen to you. Well, tonight we're going to be talking along those lines a little bit. And we're going to be sharing the amazing truth. And before we are finished, we are going to be going uh, to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and to Hebrews chapter 1. If you want to get ahead of the game, you can turn there if you like. We're going to be going to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 1. While you're turning there, let me share with you a scripture out of Romans, the 11th chapter, as we're talking tonight about the amazing truth. Romans chapter 11 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Listen to that one more time. Listen to what the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome. Now, if you just bear in your mind where the Apostle Paul was when he wrote this, he was in the city of Corinth. He was in one of the most sin-filled commercial cities in all of the Roman Empire. He was in the city where tradesmen went back and forth from literally around the known world. They carried their goods and they were merchants. It was a very merchant-oriented city. It was also a very sinful city in that they had a temple with more than a thousand prostitutes in this temple. And in, in, in order for people to, uh, to beg the favor of the gods, they would often bring women from exotic places around the world as a part of their shipments as a part of their trade and would take the women and offer them 
there to the temple so that they could have women from literally around the world as temple prostitutes. Many of these temple prostitutes were getting born again because the Apostle Paul was there in Corinth. And he was doing his best to, to uh, offer them the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives. He was sharing with them the truth that God had shared with him. He knew the word of God perhaps better than any other minister in that period of time. And remember, they did not have a New Testament. All they had was the Old Testament. And the Apostle Paul had spent his life, had spent his young life from probably about the age of 12 or 13 all the way through his, his early 20s. He had spent his time, maybe into his late 20s, studying the word of God, uh, even at some of the best um, uh, teachers of the whole day in Jerusalem and he knew the word of God but he also knew something else not only did he know the word of God because a lot of people knew the Bible there were a lot of Jews in his day that studied the Bible but the Apostle Paul had something different in his life not only did he know the word but he also had the Holy Spirit in his life and it's that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And it did something different to him. You see, he knew the word of God the whole time he was persecuting the church. He knew the word of God the whole time that he was teaching other people the wrong way. He knew he could recite the Word of God. I imagine that he had it memorized. Most likely, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, he could, could quote almost probably the entirety of it from heart. This was a well-studied man, but yet it did not mean to him what it meant to God. Isn't that interesting? It... It was without revelation. It was without the, the truth. You see, because God never intended to have sacrifice as a part of a religious worship. Sacrifice was to cover sin. God wanted people to live righteous and to live a, a, a right life before him. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, God wanted people to just do right. That's what the book of Isaiah. And, and the Apostle Paul was well aware of all of these things in his head. He could most likely recite them. But, but, but he was without the Holy Spirit living on the inside of him until one day he was on his way to Damascus on a journey to preach his doctrine, to teach that Jesus was not from God to teach that 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 uh, that that way was against everything that God intended and while he was on his way to Damascus a light shined it was Jesus and there he came face to face with a truth that he had never seen before he ended up being led into Damascus and having stayed there in Damascus he was blind from the light that shined and the voice that he heard just gave him direction for the next step you know and he went into Damascus he he, he knew that that someone was supposed to come and pray for him that he would not only receive his sight but that also he would receive the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is truth and a man named Ananias was sent by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit 
Spirit called Ananias and gave him vision and dream and direction in his life. And so Ananias went, laid his hands on Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul, as we later know him. And when he laid hands upon him, not only did his blindness physically leave him, but his blindness spiritually left him. He knew the Bible. He knew and he had read the Bible no telling how many times. He was, he was in that day one of the, one of the leading, uh, I'll say one of the leading defenders of a lie that he believed based upon scriptures he had read. Isn't that interesting? That you could be so convinced and so convicted. And the next moment after you have been born again. After you have encountered Jesus. After you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. The next moment you see everything different. The people he was headed to persecute. He now counted them brothers and sisters in Christ. And the, the, the thought that he had been, uh, and, and the history, that, that, that he had been uh, arresting people and witnessing against them and seeing some of them beaten and jailed and some of them even executed because of his testimony. And what he would do, he would get on the witness stand and he would witness against them with a heart of conviction, believing that what he was saying was correct, believing that what he was saying was right. But all of that changed when Jesus Christ came into his life. The scales fell from his eyes. The blindness that he had experienced physically went away. But also the blindness that he did not even know. He was not even aware. Listen to me. Listen, listen closely. He was not even aware that he was blind spiritually. Some of you have read the Bible. Do you know how many people I'm witnessing to and they tell me, well, I've read the Bible. Yeah, you know, so what? Do you have the one that wrote it living on the inside of you? Do you have the guide, the interpreter? Are you listening to the Spirit or is there some, some point that you want to prove? Is there some agenda that you're trying to find release to believe or... Is there some aggravation, some irritation that you're embracing? You know, the Apostle Paul at Corinth had a heart for sinners. He was at Corinth writing this letter to the church in Rome. He was encouraging them. He, he, he saw sinners all around him having their lives changed. He saw that, 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 that people were coming to Christ from all walks of life, from, from, from all of the other hidden agendas of life. And here in Romans, the 11th chapter, verse 33, we read it again. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, the depth. <laughs> Wouldn't it be horrible to have a God that was no smarter than you are? Hello. Wouldn't it be horrible to be depending on a Savior for eternity that was no more capable than you are? Wouldn't it be terrible 
if your God could not be any bigger, any better than what you can understand? Wouldn't it be very limiting to have a God, as I said earlier, that's no smarter than you? All day long, people are fashioning gods. They're going against the first commandments of God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no graven images. You shall make no likeness of me. You shall not fashion another god. But all day long, people in their minds are fashioning other gods. They're fashioning a god that that, that understands them. They're fashioning a god that they understand. They're trying to fashion Jesus or fashion God. They're trying to create a God that agrees with them. They're trying to create a God in their own image all day long. And the Apostle Paul is writing about a God that changes our life, about a God that, that, that gives us you know, access to a depth of of wisdom and a depth of knowledge that is beyond description how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past our ability to find out to understand to describe if you can you know limit your god to your knowledge or to what you can experience then you have just fashioned a God that's no smarter than you. It's no better than you, no more capable than you. And that's the one that you are depending on for your eternity, for your life, for your hope, for your help. I believe God is the truth, and I believe that truth is objective. I believe truth stands alone. That's what, you know, truth Truth does not need anything else. Truth does not need support from any other source. Truth can stand alone. And many times it does. Truth is not dependent on anything else. In fact, it's the opposite. Everything else depends on the truth. Everything else is subjective to truth. No, truth is objective. Everything else is subjective. And once truth is established, everything else is filtered through and dependent on and understood in light of that truth. And I know that some people say, well, that may be truth for you. This is my truth. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, but there's not but one truth. But that's what people do. They establish a truth that they believe, and they filter everything through it. They understand everything through their paradigm. That's what the Apostle Paul was doing. You see, the Apostle Paul was taught a truth. The Apostle Paul was taught a wrong truth. He embraced it as the truth. And everything he did was filtered through. Everything he believed, every question that he had, his life depended and everyone else's life depended on. And that, that he understood everything in light of what he believed. People do that. The greatest problems known in heaven and earth have always come from deception from people believing something that's not true. Whether it was Eve or, you know, Hamas. It comes from believing something that is not true. And being committed to something 
having a strong conviction and a strong commitment to something that you believe that is not the truth and everything that you see has to be filtered through what you believe you know um, telling believing or acting on a lie is what causes problems and Jesus said if we would continue in his word in John the 8th chapter, we would know the truth. And it's the truth that will set us free. Deception puts us in bondage. Deception lies. Lies cause us to live so far beneath what God has planned for us. And we impact others with the lies we believe because those are the same lies we tell. The Bible God's holy word. You know, the Bible is God's gift to you and me. The Bible is God's gift to mankind. And and the Bible, I believe with all of my heart, the Bible is the word of God. We need to fall under a new conviction of what this word is. Uh, The Bible, the the, the holy word of God. You know, uh, the Bible... uh, It does not need any other source to validate it. It does not need another source to confirm it. It does not need science or history or or any other um, uh, uh, individual or organization to put their stamp of approval on it for it to be the Word of God. It is the Word of God independent of any other source. It does not need to be validated by any other thing. Who is qualified to contradict God? Who is qualified to become God's editor, to become his counselor or his judge? And yet that's what we find people doing constantly. Not only has God given us the word, but just like the Apostle Paul, when the Apostle Paul, he knew the word, but when he received the Holy Spirit, when he Asked Jesus into his heart whenever he got born again. All of the sudden, truth was realized. Things that he had never seen before became evident because of the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. You see, we have the Word, but thankfully, like the Apostle Paul, we also have the Spirit. And it's the Word and the Spirit that agree. The Holy Spirit will not speak of Himself. He will confirm the Word. That's how you know if you have a Holy Spirit or an unholy spirit. (laughs) Does it confirm the Word? Does it guide us in the truth and teach us the Word of God? The Holy Spirit confirms the truth. We either accept or reject what the Holy Spirit is confirming in our heart. Day by day, moment by moment conversation by conversation, situation, circumstances, we either accept or we reject what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And the Holy Spirit speaks from the Word of God. I would encourage you to make a habit of of answering the questions you have by the principles from God's Word. Ask the Holy Spirit The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance everything that God has spoken to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to interrupt your day, to interrupt your conversations, to interrupt your thoughts. 
And when you're asked a question to give you Scripture, to, to cause Scripture to rise up on the inside of you, not just one Scripture that you can build a doctrine on and, and, and end up you know, out in left field somewhere, but to give you Scripture after Scripture in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established so that you can stand firmly on the truth. The Holy Spirit confirms the truth. And unfortunately, we impact others by the things that we say even when we don't know the truth of God's Word. Many men have espoused their speculative philosophies which are born from the seeds of demon ideologies. And that's all it can be. A human can only speculate as to how the universe was made. A human can only speculate about life after death. And unfortunately, demons speak into the minds of men and sow seeds, seeds and ideas that are planted in the thoughts and in the minds. And when people receive what they imagine to be revelation that goes against and contradicts the Word of God, many times they go with their own silly thoughts to imagine they are smarter than God and come up with ideas as to what eternity is like or to how God created the heavens and the earth or mankind. They are at best imagined realities based upon personal considerations in, in a vacuum of human opinion notions these notions that uh, you know men have notions okay these notions that there is no god have you ever heard you know there was a movement back when i was a young man that god is dead it was a notion or that there is no god atheism what is atheism but a seed of a demon planted in the mind of a man and taking root and having someone sit around without the Holy Spirit even searching the Bible to say that's not true, that can't happen, that can't happen because of this. And they come up with some idea that man wrote this, that somehow or another this has no connection with God and that there is no God. You know, These are just notions. They're just thoughts. They're imagined realities of men who have embraced a lie and who repeat that lie with conviction. People hear it. And because they do not have the Holy Spirit and they do not know the Word of God, many times they believe it and they repeat it. You know, uh, people believe that all religions lead to the same place. What a lie! What a lie. But many people, smart people believe this. Educated people believe this stuff. And they tell it with such conviction. Whoa. You know, uh, how about the one that men came from monkeys? Do you know there are educated, smart, experienced, well-meaning people that believe in evolution, in Darwin's 
form of evolution or some other well they've grown smarter than darwin and and they've always been smarter than god but now they're smarter than darwin i don't believe in darwin's evolution but but evolution i believe in evolution i said to someone this week whenever they told me they, they they really believed in evolution i said well i want to know something you know uh i think i really think it might be going the other direction that men might be turning into monkeys. Maybe it didn't come this way. Maybe it went that way. They looked at me and went, hmm. I thought, oh my goodness, now they have a new doctrine. <laughs> um, do you know that there are people who believe that 70 virgins are awaiting them if they will just martyr themselves in some cause that their God has told them he favors. I'm going to say, what? Who would want 70 virgins? Hello? Doesn't that kind of go away quickly? Then you're stuck through eternity with what? <laughs> eternity didn't last very long, I guess. I mean, this is like crazyville. That there are people tonight living in, a, in an otherwise, you know, reasonable world that believe this so much that they're strapping bombs on their bodies and on their children and sending them out to martyr themselves with conviction because they do not have the word oh I bet they have read the Bible and like the Apostle Paul prior to him Inviting Jesus into his life prior to him having an encounter with the light of heaven, the light of life, the light of men, prior to him having the Holy Spirit come and live on the inside of him, I imagine that, 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 that they, like him, have read the Bible and got a different story from it than the story God intended. Because they do not have a guide, a teacher, a counselor living on the inside of them. Do you know some people believe they're going to get their own planet to inhabit? Hold on. Nope, ain't there. Well, you don't understand. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm smarter than God. I've got some personal revelation here that God didn't give to anybody else. Okay, you need to get saved born again and it's also uh, it it boggles my mind that some people really do believe that they're going to be reincarnated and some of them come back as a cow god i'm gonna come back as a cow that's what i want yeah yeah buddy I've always wanted to be a cow. And there's a, you know, reasonably near a billion people that believe that. One-seventh of the population of the world. 
that, that the government is pushing on them in India to believe that cows are sacred and that reincarnation, you know, I, might, I mean, I, you know, I'm, maybe I'll be a bug next time. I don't know. I don't, I, but, but uh, you know, I mean, if, if so, then please don't, you know, stop eating bugs. I don't know. I don't know what to say. But a whole nation that's starving that can't eat beef. Because somebody believes it. And everything they do is filtered through that belief. And those people who take the word of God and invite Jesus into their heart, who have the word and the spirit, they don't believe that anymore. Their eyes are open. I, I'm, you know, these are all just notions. I could go on and on with notions that are not God-inspired. I know that we're, we're, we're having a little bit of fun with this, but the fact of the matter is that uh, there is no basis of truth outside of the truth. Yet men believe and teach these lies with conviction, living these lies, climbing and, and crawling across glass, you know, beating themselves Listen, we have been given the truth by Almighty God, and it's an amazing truth. Okay? It is an amazing truth. Neither science nor the collective wisdom of man can create a soul. Okay? Hello. Uh, science is not the end-all, be-all. Science cannot forgive a sin. Science cannot affect salvation. There is one source of the truth and not that we are against science and not that we are against collective wisdom it's just not bigger than God the apostle Paul wrote to Timothy under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in first Timothy the sixth chapter I told you we would get there verse 20 okay uh, says this O Timothy guard what was committed to your trust Avoid profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. The King James Version says science. It means knowledge. It means the, the, uh, the general intelligence and the general understanding of humans. Uh, avoid profane and vain babblings he's he's talking a lot about the law here and 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 uh, uh but specifically here he makes reference to we don't need to to uh, to embrace contradictions of god's word contradictions of god's will even if it feeds the collective intelligence of man verse 21 by professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be to you, amen. By confessing, professing, by agreeing with the collective intelligence, by allowing the general intelligence of mankind to overshadow the Word of God, you have strayed from the trust that God requires for us to have in him called faith contradictions 
of knowledge. The lies, even the lies of men with conviction. As I said, uh, you know, even smart men. I, I've, I've, I've known smart people, but I've never met anyone smarter than God. You know, uh, uh, let, me, uh, let me share an amazing truth with you. That's what we're talking about as, as I'm coming to a close here. Uh, Hebrews 1, verse 10. Now, this is an amazing truth. You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Now, there's an amazing truth for you. Okay, how do you do it? I don't know. But, you know, I don't have to know. I have the Word of God that is telling me this, and I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that is saying yes and amen. Trust God for the things that you do not know, for the things you cannot understand. Trust God, or will you just trust yourself? Or are you going to trust another human being in their perspective? Are you going to trust your collective intelligence or your personal intelligence or your experience? Why not get born again and let the Holy Spirit say a hearty yay and amen on the inside of you when you read the Word of God for something on the inside of you, when you hear the truth for it to sound like gold instead of ringing like tin in your ears. There are things I don't know and I cannot explain. But I do know this, that in the beginning, God laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of His hands. Verse 11, they will perish, but you, O Lord, you will remain. They will all grow old like a garment. Boy, that's interesting. How can that happen? Don't know. But they're going to grow old. And, and like a cloak, verse 12, God, you will fold up the heavens. Wow. You will fold them up like a cloak, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. Oh, God, I cannot understand that in the beginning you were. I cannot understand how you frame the worlds with the words of your mouth. I cannot understand how you made everything we see from things that we would not have seen had we have been there at that time. You see, truth is objective. And I choose, but not only choose, I have an inner witness and a personal conviction that God is is true I believe the Bible I believe it is his word and I believe that we have to guard that which was entrusted to us the same word that went to Timothy guard that guard the word of God guard the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit guard the conviction and the leadership the guidance the counsel of the Holy Spirit guard this in your life guard it it was entrusted to you. I don't know how he spoke the universe into existence. I cannot explain how he breathed his own breath into a, a, a man that he had created from clay and man became a living soul. But I am convinced it happened. When I get into conversations with people that tell me oh, that couldn't happen, <laughs> that witness on the inside of me goes, you're a nut. You need to get saved. You know, 
I can understand how you wouldn't believe that if you didn't know the one that I know. But the one that I know is not a liar. The one that I know has preserved his word for generations. The one I know loves us and cares about us, has a plan for our life. And that is an amazing truth. I believe his word because I have his spirit. Do you believe his word tonight? Do you have his spirit? Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart and your life? Or are you just trying to disprove this? Does it mean something to you different than it means to God? There's nothing like having the one who wrote it living on the inside of you. My goodness, I find it hard to even understand Shakespeare. You know, he wrote in ways that it's very hard to understand. And we may have a lot of opinions about what he wrote. But if he lived on the inside of you, you'd know exactly what he meant. With the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we know exactly what he meant. He'll guide you. He will guide you. Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 1 John 5, the last part of verse 6 says, Because the Spirit is truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. And he will testify to the truth of God's word. Invite him into your life today. Let's pray. Let's invite him in. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our life, into our heart, into our minds. Jesus, come save us, Lord Jesus. Shine your light upon us. Take away our blindness, Lord. Take away the spiritual blindness and show us, teach us what you mean. Teach us the truth and deliver us from every deception. Lord, guide us, lead us by your Spirit. Fill us right now. We ask in the name of Jesus. As Ananias prayed for Saul of Tarsus, I pray for these, Lord. I pray for these online. I pray for these on campus. I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray for these that are reading the notes, the thousands that will read the notes. I pray that they would be delivered from blindness to the truth, the eternal truth of your word and spirit I ask in the name of Jesus Amen Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world Today and every day, God bless.